Hi everyone, Rabbi David Talib here for Mishnah study, Masechet Shavuot, Mishnah Zayin, Mishnah Het. The final Mishnah discusses situations where the mitbah, the one who is being accused, who would normally uh, swear only b'ta'anat vaday, only in a situation where someone lodged a claim in the status of a vaday. He's certain or positive that the person wronged him. Um, but if a person comes to somebody else and says, I think he has my money, we would not administer an oath upon the person b'ta'anat safik. Um, the Mishnah here comes to uh, delineate cases where we would administer an oath upon the defendant, the nitba, even in situations where the toveya only gave a ta'anat sheme, uh, only in a maybe, not a ta'anat bari, or what we call ta'anat vadai, something for, uh, that he's positive about. Let's read the Mishnah. Ve'elu nishba'im shelo b'ta'anat. The following people are required to take an oath without a proper claim against them. In other words, not an explicit claim. As Bartinura says, Shelo b'ta'anat bari, right? Not with a claim of positivity against them, Ela b'ta'anat sheme, but only in a claim of maybe. Shita'ano sheme ikafta mishali, the person is claiming maybe you have something of mine in your possession. Typically, this is not requiring an oath, but here in these cases, it does. How come, says Bartinura? Because all of the following examples that we're going to give is a situation where the person who is being uh, accused could have come up with a heter for himself. He could have logically reasoned for himself why it's worthy for him to hold back some of the wages that he was supposed to give to the other person or the pay that he was supposed to give to the other person. Um, because they were managers, the people who worked hard. Therefore, the hachamim placed an oath on them, even in a situation of safek. In other words, the following examples are people who worked, who labored uh, for the earnings of somebody else. And since they labored, they reasoned for themselves, maybe they should be worthy of collecting more of a wage than what was agreed upon beforehand. And therefore, the Baalabayit, the host, the one who's being him, is saying, I want to make sure that you didn't take any of my property. Um, what are some examples in this Mishnah? One is Hashutafim, people who are partners. So for example, one person invests money, the other person does the labor, and they split. So they are partners in it. One's a silent partner, one's a working partner. The working partner thinks, hey, you know, I'm doing all the work. I deserve to, uh, to take a little bit more for myself. Harisim someone who's a sharecropper, someone who works the land and collects a percentage of the profits of that land. Again, he's the laborer, thinks he may be due for a larger percentage than was agreed upon originally. The apotropim, an apotropim or an apotropos is a steward, someone who's appointed to manage or take care of someone else's property and earn them uh, profits from it. Um, and again, he reasons for himself that since he's putting in the hard work, maybe he's due for more. It's worth noting over here, according to Bartirura, a lot of times in Apotropos, a steward is appointed for the property of orphans since they can't manage their own property, they're young, um, and Apotropos is appointed. If such a case is appointed by the Bitdin, says Bartirura, then an oath uh, is required. But if the father was the one who appointed a Apotropos, then no swear can be administered, even in a case of Safek. Because it, the fact that the father appointed them, Mistama, he knows that he's trustworthy. He's not going to uh, uh, withhold anything from his children. Uh, the fourth example, a woman who has been placed by her husband to handle business and conduct transactions within the home. In other words, uh, Bartiruda says, let's say um, a person owns a franchise of stores. And he says, my wife is going to manage one of those stores or a store or my store. Um, and then the wife is putting in all of the efforts and she might want to collect and take money that uh, is really rightfully to her husband. 
or one of the brothers uh, who is working on the property of their father after their father had already passed away. And uh, so they're splitting the, the efforts, but the, you know, there's a family business, let's say, and there's four brothers. Three of the brothers don't work in the family business. One of them does. The one who says, you know, I work to build the family business. I should take a higher percentage than my three other brothers instead of separating and, and divvying it up uh, equally. So all of these are cases where the person may reason for themselves why they're worthy of more. And so therefore the others have the right to lodge a shivua against them in suspicion of saying, maybe you held back some of my property. Um, Amarlo, what happened in this situation? They said, the one who's being accused is, what are you claiming against me? They say, we're not claiming anything. I just want you to take an oath just to be sure, just to make sure that you didn't take anything that you may have thought you were, you were uh, entitled to. Hayav says the Mishnah, they're liable to take such a shivuah, even in a claim of safek against them. However, if the partners or sharecroppers already divvied up, and now they want to take an oath later on after the breakdown has already occurred, then an oath is not allowed to be taken. Such an oath can only be at the time of the, div- of the breaking up of the, of the possessions. However, if let's say they already split up the earnings and the profits of the business or whatever it was, and they didn't take a shivwa at that time. Now the other people feel like, oh, I wish we would have taken a shivwa, but they can't, it's already too late. But now two months down the road, for some other reason, a shivwa is necessary. Some other complaint was lodged against that person whom they wanted to administer an oath against them. And now they want to add on, roll in another shivwa on it. Once a person is already swearing, they have the ability to add another shivwa. We have the ability to add this oath even later on. So ideally, the oath has to take place at the time of the breakdown. It cannot take place later on. But should another oath be necessary later on, they could be on them to have them take an oath of such a situation as well. The Mishnah concludes, Shemitah negates any type of oath that would be able to be taken. In other words, just like a malve and love, just like someone who loaned money and then the person didn't pay back, the Shemitah cancels out the debt. So too, a looming shivuah is also canceled by shemitah and cannot be brought back and have a gilgul shivuah on it once the shivuah, once the shemitah year has already come and negated.